Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thanks so much for coming by and listening in here. Now, before I introduce today's guest and before you dive into this episode, I wanted to just give you a little bit of a warning, an explicit content warning, if you will. Now, I knew a little bit about this guest before we jumped on this call, and I like to sort of leave it that way a little bit just so I can really get to know them authentically, like so you can hear as I'm getting to know them and hearing their stories. And this guest did not disappoint with the stories. Um, there's the odd curse word in here, so if that stuff uh, bugs you, then skip this episode, but, but don't skip it because it's bloody awesome. So my guest today is Pink Bike Ralph. He is a very talented screen printer producing stuff for Mumford & Sons, Tom Segura, and some other big names, just to, you know, drop a few of them for you. During this episode, he shares with us some wild stories, including how he spent two summers on the road with Mumford & Sons live screen printing at their events for the band, and uh, a whole lot more stuff. He also shares with us um, about his high school graphics arts uh, business card project. And I was literally laughing out loud as I heard this story. So this episode is highly entertaining and full of gems and great stories from a very talented guy in the print game. Um, If you have not seen Pink Bike Ralph stuff, go check him out on Instagram at Pink Bike Ralph. Um, and he tells us how, where the name came from too. I mean, because that's a question right up front. So guys, I'm just going to let Ralph take it away here because he is a gem of a storyteller and you gotta (laughs) just listen up. This is going to be great. It's funny. Remember I warned you, there's a few curse words, some explicit content in this episode, but gosh, is it fun. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get to that intro music. So you can hear from my guest today, Pink Bike Ralph. Cue the music. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So, let's talk ink on paper. Pink Bike Ralph, welcome to the Print Design Podcast, boss. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. So I want to kick this off by first asking Pink Bike Ralph, tell me the story. Where did the name come from? Uh, so Ralph is actually my nickname. Uh, I've had the nickname okay. Ralph since I was about 12 years old. Uh, I used to look like Ralphie from the Christmas story the movie <laughs> that you'll, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, when I was in college, I rode, uh, BMX bikes and I spray painted my bicycle pink. So no one would steal it. And, nice. uh, and it worked. no one stole it. And then I also 
got the nickname Pink Bike Ralph. Okay, so literally, this is a nickname from being a, from a kid. Yeah, yeah. Since I was twelve. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the the only people that call me by my real name are like, my mom, and uh, if I have to make like a doctor's appointment <laughs> or you know anything <laughs> official. <Exactly. laughs> yeah, license. when they. They phone with your like real name. And you're like, sorry, no, you got the wrong number. Oh no, well, hang on, sorry, that that is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have. That's awesome. Um, awesome, man. Well, I'm going to kick this over to you now and just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, see, my name is Ralph Stallenwerk. Uh, I'm a screen printer. I grew up in South Jersey, skateboarding, listening to punk rock music. You know, that just like every every other artist that I admire and um, I got into to printing through skateboarding seeing the skateboard decks seeing all the new graphics on them um, you know you could you could feel the print on the decks uh, start reading the magazines you start admiring like the ads and you're like and the branding for the companies and I'm like this is what I want to do I want to I want to be in in the art field for, you know, I want to work on like a, a skateboard graphic work for a skate company. And that has never happened <laughs> yet. <laughs> so when I was 18, I moved from South Jersey uh, up to Philadelphia for art school. Uh, I went to a school called Hushin. I graduated with 16 kids in my class. There's a very small four-year associate's degree art school. Mm -hmm. But since it was so small, um, the teachers gave you tons of one-on-one time. I I loved that school. It felt felt almost like a between like art school and like a trade school because you really learned the programs that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And I am a terrible illustrator. So I, I rely heavily on Photoshop and and vector shapes because I, I cannot use uh, pencil and paper at all. I'll, I'll show you <laughs> one of my sketches coming up when we when we talk about a, a pretty cool gig I got recently. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so you rely a little bit on sort of the electronic tools to back you up a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Old clip art, you know, scan it in, manipulate it to make it your own. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty much how I make all my graphics. So during college, I still skateboarded a lot, but living in the city, I would ride my bike with my skateboard, like strapped in my backpack to go, to go skate. Yeah. And after a while, I kind of got into BMX biking and I was like, this is pretty fun. And I started leaving the skateboard at home and really got into BMX. And in college, I, I took an internship at a BMX uh, clothing brand called little devil. Nice. And uh, they got, they got pretty popular because of uh, CKY and Jackass because we sponsored Ryan Dunn. Nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a really fun job. I worked there. Well, I interned there in college, and then after college, they offered me a, a full time position. So I worked there for 
like four or five years after college uh, doing the, the design part, making ads, making t-shirt graphics, stickers, pretty, pretty much all the art. Uh, it was just me and, and the owner, Derek, uh, were the art department there. And then after that, uh, I was like, I should, I should get, you know, a, a job in an ad agency, see what that's all about. Uh, <laughs> see what that's all about. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I gotta say, I did not like it at all. Yeah. I, I worked in the agency for, for about a year <laughs> and, uh, and I, I feel like my shoulders were always tense. Um, uh, I don't, I was always stressed out. I, my desk was right in front of the owner of the company, but my back was to him. So I felt like all day I was kind of shrugging my shoulders up, like trying to hide my computer screen, you know, while I was working on stuff. Like I could feel him staring a you know, a hole through my computer monitor. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great opportunity because I learned that I did not like working in an ad agency. Yeah. And also it paid pretty well. And I, I saved up all my money and I bought, uh, pretty much a, a shell of a house, like a glorified shell in Philadelphia. And, uh, and I lived in that for 10 years and it was dirt cheap. I mean, but the place was kind of crumbling down around us, <laughs> but it was so cheap. It was, it was really fun to live in. And that allowed me to pursue screen printing because the house is so cheap. I was like, I don't need to make much money to, to survive in Philadelphia. So I started printing out of a friend's uh, basement Yeah, and uh, started out doing like gig posters. I was in a band at the time. I'm, I'm sure, you know, almost every show poster artist has the same story. <laughs> they were in a band. They wanted to print their own stuff. They were artists. As soon as you start putting out a couple posters, other bands yeah. that you play with be like, Hey, that's, that's pretty cool. Can you make one for my show? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, nice totally. poster, bruv. Let's, let's make some posters. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's a, you're like describing the screen print rock star lifestyle. Like bought a grungy yeah. house. We were just living, bro. And we got some like <laughs> skateboards and some rock music. And I started making posters. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it was. And, and then, you know, as soon as you start putting out posters, mm -hmm. those bands are like, Hey, we need some shirts. Can you print shirts? And I was like, no, I can't, but I will learn how to print shirts. <laughs> so, uh, so I teamed up with, a uh, with my friend shaky. Mm -hmm. That's, that's his nickname also. Now his real name shaky. Uh, nice. so we started printing shirts together and, uh, We've had a print shop together now for almost 13 years. Uh, um, we do shirts, posters, koozies, tote bags, and, and anything flat, pretty much. And that yeah, is my full-time cool. gig right now. Uh, yeah, it's it's called Awesome Dudes Printing in Philadelphia, <laughs> awesome uh, in South printing. Philly. I love that, man. <laughs> and we... we we didn't name that ourselves either. So we we're me and Shaky were both given our nicknames. You know, when we were, I was 12. I think Shaky was 16. Yeah. And then we were just printing together 
and our first customer was like i told my friend that we got these shirts printed by some awesome dudes and we're like awesome dudes yeah that's a cool name yeah we'll, we'll use that <laughs> so that's our <laughs> official business name now i love that uh, i just we, love how rent I love how random this whole journey is, Ralph. Like from the <laughs> beginning to like, yeah, I just got a pink bike. Now I'm a big bike, Ralph, and that's just how it went. And, you know, I just I love that, man. So you we, talked we, a little bit. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say we still print for the guy that named us Awesome Dudes. Uh, he runs a skateboard company uh, called Spectrum here in Philadelphia, and uh, cool. we've been printing for him for yeah, like 13 years now. It, it's ruled. That's awesome, man. For 13 years now. That's so cool. Yeah. So you were describing some of like the earlier influences, the skateboard decks, like the skate magazines, like that sort of culture, the stuff you saw during that. Is there one piece of that, one specific skateboard deck, one thing that was printed then that like stands out as like the most awesome one that you saw? Like the the one that just got you the most excited. Okay. I want to hear about that. Yeah, it was this. Uh, it was this Plan B Jeremy Ray deck, and it was like a sky blue, and then it had it was either a dark, a dark blue or a black print, and it was kind of like a single line drawing of a lady. Okay, and it almost looked like a Don Pendleton uh, drawing, but it was a germ. It was done by Jeremy Ray, so it was like a lot kind of smoother and not as um not as a what do you call it, like symmetrical or you know made of shapes it was but it, it kind of had that vibe yeah. it's just like a, a single line drawing and uh you could feel the raised print on it and i was like oh man i love this you know the feel of the raised print and i think that really got me into into printing and that's so cool so I want to kick this way back, Ralph, way back. I want to hear about the very first print project that you were a part of, the first one that you produced. Was that was that a, a gig poster? What was that gig poster? Like, what do you remember about the very first one? <laughs> the, the very, very first one was in high school in a graphic arts class. Yeah. And <laughs> I made... I made business cards that said John Holm, John Holmes Fan Club. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with his work. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like an 80s porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Did I hear you right in saying that you printed a thousand of those business cards? Oh, yeah, yeah. So in, uh, in 12th grade of high school, I printed a thousand business cards of a of an 80s porn star fan club and threw them all over the hallways of school (laughs) (laughs) and uh and gotten some gotten some trouble (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) that was what you designed and printed for like grade 12 like graphic arts class or something yeah yeah. oh man (laughs) and going from from that to to like what i've accomplished now is pretty amazing You got to recreate those cards at some point. You know that, right? I, I might have to. I mean, they were mostly Cooper Black, and that's like what I use ninety nine percent of the time on my own stuff is Cooper Black. Dude, there you go. <laughs> Writing's on the wall, man. Yeah. So then you, you had mentioned that your first, um, sort of the first one out in like the the big world, the professional world, was um, the, a gig poster, right? Uh, like outside of college. 
Yeah, yeah. Sort of what the next one that you were started talking about there. Oh, oh, I was talking about the first gig poster um, I made. It was our band's first show at a at a small venue in Philly called the Kyber. Okay. And uh, and we printed me and my friend Shaky printed posters for that. Then that's what really took off. So that was post ad agency, um, just kind of printing for fun, printing. Yeah posters and or get it just getting into it doing freelance art you know here and there and this was like the first gig poster and after that it really like just took off um because the band kept playing and as the band would keep playing we'd get better shows so you'd play with better bands so you do better show posters (laughs) (laughs) and it just Uh, keeps growing from there yeah it keeps growing from there so so after that, like venues would contact you. So like venues in Philadelphia would reach out and say, you know, so-and-so is playing. Can you do a poster for it? And that turned into like a really steady freelance gig, uh, which I, I still do uh, pre COVID of course. Yeah. I, I haven't, haven't printed a show poster since March. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but there is some gigs coming up, uh, like special releases and stuff, which would be cool to work on again. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. So that gig poster, that was your first sort of like big boy print job out there in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that was the the one that that put my my foot in the door, I guess, to the screen printing, you know, like – I don't know what you call it. Just, just the screen printing life of gig posters and yeah. making art for bands and mm-hmm. at, which turned into shirts for bands. And, and like I said before, the, the print shop turned into the shop for me and shaky mm-hmm. uh, for shirts. And now we, now we print for, you know, whoever needs it. Uh, That's anyone cool. can reach out. Yeah. So that kicked off quite a bit of crew. So you seem like a fairly carefree guy who's just kind of like printing some cool stuff and cruising through. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious really. now, Ralph, like, do you have a print project that you've been a part of that did not turn out well, just did not look good, did not go well as a customer or went sideways or whatever that is? Like, do you have one of those you can tell us about? I've had more than one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you learn, you know, from from each uh, job. You you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're fewer and far, you know, further uh, between now. Of course, yeah. further apart the, these mistakes, but they still happen from time to time. Uh, so I was, I was printing uh, posters for Steve Powers, uh, you know, the artist that used to live in Philly. Now he lives in New York, uh, okay. Espo. Uh, just started printing for him. We did a run. I think it was a hundred three color prints. And at the time I printed the light blue first and then printed red over top. And I've learned over time that the light blue is so opaque that it, it will just show through most colors that are laying on top of it. And the red is pretty transparent so when i put the red on top you could just see the trapping and of course at the time those years ago i was using like pretty big trapping i was probably like eight or ten pixels big and you could just see like the glow of the light blue around all the letters and i ended (laughs) up 
uh, trashing the whole pile and starting over and put the blue on top and they looked, you know, super crisp and I was totally happy. He was happy, but that extra, it was like three days of printing. I was like, why did I do this? But I hate wow. screen printing. You know, I, I went through <laughs> all the emotions, all the this, emotions. <clears throat> this was a terrible life decision to screen print, <laughs> but I, I still love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Cause you just learn over time when you're layering like that, what, what, you know, where the opacity of each of these colors is and, and how to properly layer to achieve different things. Like that's part of the world, the, the screen print world that not a lot of people think about is that it's not as simple as just putting down some colors. Like there's a method in the madness to create a final result and it's got to be done correctly and layered correctly or you just never get there. And, and you learn like your allowance of pixel trapping, you know, you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I could do way less. <laughs> you know, it, it turns out a lot cleaner looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to worry about thick trap lines. Yeah, it's all about that thick trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, Ralph, I want to I want to do a bit of a deep dive now. I want to hear about a project or two that you are proud and just excited to share. And I want to really hear what went into the planning of those projects, the colors, the paper, um, even who the customer was and, and what something like that actually like costs to create. Like, cause a lot, a lot of people know that unless they've done print, they just don't know that this stuff costs money. Yeah. Um, well, this one has a, a long start. Let me get this cat out of the room first and then I'll uh, <laughs> get into it. <laughs> All right. So I'll start at the very beginning of how this project turned out. Okay. Um, like I said, you know, I was, I was printing posters for, for bigger bands and then for the venues in Philly. And I did a show poster for um for a promoter in philly it was florence and the machine and uh and after that show the venue promoter reached out and was like hey florence's team really liked the poster can i give them your your contact info and i was like yeah absolutely that's awesome so that turned into doing like seven posters for florence over the next two years that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was exciting. You know, get like a big client. Um, I was into her music. I was in, into the art for it. She had like a very specific style that she wanted. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Uh, this rules. Um, so their management team also managed the band Mumford and Sons. Nice. Yeah. So, so the merch manager reached out and was like, um, the lads are playing a show at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Would you like <laughs> the to do lads posters? are playing the show? Yeah. I love. <laughs> That's their nickname, the lads. I love yeah. it. I still call them the lads. <laughs> um, they're playing a show at Red Rocks. Do you want to do the posters? It's two nights in a row. And I was like, Yeah, I'd love to. That rules. Uh, so I did two nights for them. And that that was still that's still probably the biggest gig poster that I've done in my career, and it was the first one I did for them. So that turned into printing for them. Also, their main designer is uh, a guy named Ross Sterling out of England. He runs Studio Juice. Uh, 
So I was getting connected with Ross, printing his art. Uh, a, a major part of my career was printing 1,700 five-color prints of his art, but they're all done by hand. I, I don't. I still don't have a, a poster press. I just have two hinges, you know, a piece of plywood and print. Yeah. It took 15 days straight <laughs> to oh print my these. Gosh. <laughs> but there was a moment during that, you you know, when you're you a moment hits and you're like, oh my god, I I've done it. This rules. You know, I love what I'm doing. I I, I love my career choice. I love printing. I was just like smiling. You know, I was by myself in my studio in Philly in the basement, smiling to myself. I was like, this is awesome. It was, it was a great feeling to, to come over you. And uh, over that 15 days, I was watching a ton of Netflix. I just turned around the computer monitor. I watched all three uh, Beverly Hills Cops in a row. I watched uh, probably every Fast and Furious. I was just just watching kind of the worst things. <laughs> like Man, time of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that turned into... I went to a Mumford gig for the first time and yeah. uh, met up with their merch manager. And just in passing, he was like, Hey, you ever uh, think about going on the road and printing? And I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. You, you know, like touring, touring with a band to screen print. Uh, he was like, all right, cool. I'll, uh, I'll reach out, you know, if anything comes of it. And like three months later, he emailed me. He's like, "Hey, remember when I asked you if you wanted to go on the road? Well, the the lads are doing this festival, Gentlemen on the Road Fest, and they want to bring you along to do screen printing live in the merch area, and then we'll sell you we'll sell the prints, you know, right after they're dry." Yeah, uh, I was like, "Absolutely! This this is the total rock star, you know, screen printing <laughs> lifestyle." <laughs> Traveling with a band. phoning your mom, like, "Mom, I hit it big. I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> well, I told my I told my mom I was like I was like yeah they're they're a pretty big band and she's like oh you know that's great and then one time the Grammys were on and she was, she called me she's like oh god uh, this this band that you're doing work for just won a Grammy and I was like yeah yeah I told you they're pretty big <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I didn't you know like say like no like you know they're huge they're one of the yeah. biggest bands right now in the world yeah know? ralph you didn't hype it up to mom no no you just didn't hype it <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's also kind of how i am in general <laughs> i'm <laughs> just like yeah, yeah yeah they're pretty big it's cool i, I like their music you know I, I like doing their art yeah uh so uh okay, so what Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, so you finish first because you you have you're continuing with the story. I'll get into it in a sec here. Oh uh, yeah, so so Kyle, uh, the merch manager, was emailed me. He's like, hey, remember what we talked about? Uh, you know, you can come on the road. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, all right, give me a a proposal written. And this goes into like the you know the budget talks and uh, what you were talking about earlier. So yeah. I had so also while making a budget for the posters that were being printed, I had to make a budget of gas mileage, wear and tear on the car, um, hotels, um, <clears throat> food per diems, you know, stuff like that, which I've never, I've never had to do for a client before. Cause I've yeah. never, 
traveled and screen printed at the same time. Never been a screen printing roadie. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for for one summer. Really, it was like five, no, four shows over about a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, and me and a friend, uh, Eric, would would drive my Honda Element packed full of printing gear, mm-hmm. which was like Ikea butcher block table with a piece of plywood and hinges screwed to the top of it and uh, <clears throat> drying racks from Dick Blick screwed into the legs on each side. And then we, I printed a sign for the front with our names on it. <clears throat> and it said screen printers of the road because the name of the tour was gentlemen of the road. Yeah. And, and I just, I just ripped off Ross's logo and put screen printers <laughs> on it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't get mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. they loved it. <laughs> so, uh, so I did that for a summer. And since we were driving, uh, you know, those guys were off playing other shows during the week and I was just setting up on the weekends to print. So me and Eric would camp for four nights in a row in between these cities and, and the big music festivals. I loved it. Oh man, it was amazing. Cause I love music, screen yeah. printing, camping. I got to do all those. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I should mention uh, drinking also. I like drinking beer and it was sponsored by Goose Island. So as soon as me and Eric were done printing, we could go to the Goose Island tent and, and drink for free and watch the bands play at night. Man, what a gig. <laughs> it was amazing. Jeez, Ralph. Okay, I'm just going to – that's an amazing story. I can, I'm, I'm going to just sort of like circle this around to like the print planning of this for a sec here. Sure. So you have this talented designer at Studio Juice, Ross, creating these things, mm-hmm. sending you the files. You're doing the pre-flight on these pre-press, and you're getting – you're burning the screens. You're ready to go. Um, like, Are you deciding – what paper they should go on is Ross deciding that like who's, who's making that decision and what was picked and why? Well, I guess ultimately that was my decision. I would just recommend, I'd say that's, let's get French paper. You know, I, I love that company. Yeah. Uh, I know what their paper feels like. I printed a bunch of show posters on it. And the only, uh, you know, thing that Ross said was I want to get some off white. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, let's get some construction whitewash because it's just like a slight off-white. Yeah. Not, not you know, super tan. And uh, we went with that. So I had to travel also with all the paper. Yeah. And as the tour went on, my car was getting lighter and lighter. <laughs> i get better, better gas mileage. It would stop better. It would accelerate better. Yeah, the brakes are working great today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we went into Canada for the first show. Yeah. And, uh, and I was a little nervous. And I was like, oh, we're crossing the border. They're probably going to rip the car apart looking for, you know, whatever's in here. Yeah. And we pull up. And the guy's like, can I help you? And I was like, uh, we're going to uh, print posters at this music festival. He's like, oh, the big festival next weekend. Come on in. And I was like, awesome. Thanks <laughs> That's so much. the Canadian hospitality, brother. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <good. laughs> it was in uh, Simcoe, if you're familiar. No. 
uh, outside Toronto. Okay. So it was about, I guess it was about an hour outside of Toronto. Oh, that's all right. I'm over on the West coast. We're just as friendly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a wild project and cool thing to go on. You got, did you get to meet the band and you're like, you're putting things together? For oh, them too? Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're still in touch. Yeah. We, we became pretty good buds like over, over the tour. That's and, cool, man. And it, as well as becoming buds with them, we became like friends with the, some of the opening acts and the MC of the weekend and uh, vendors, you know, yep. that were there. Like I've stayed in touch with a lot of the people from these tours. Also, I should I should tell you that I didn't do that for one summer. I was invited back for a second summer. <laughs> so, awesome. so, so I got to do that twice. Um uh, we got to hang out backstage a lot during the second tour. Uh, Foo Fighters was playing one of the shows, and uh, me and Eric were playing ping pong while listening to the Foo Fighters uh, cover a Rush song to get ready to go on stage. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is the coolest!" You know, we're playing ping pong. We're we're listening to to the band warm up. It was amazing. Man, that's such a cool experience. <laughs> and all based around print. You hear that, guys? Like, print opens doors. Oh, yeah. That's what it does. <laughs> I, I went from, you know, living in, like, a glorified shell of a house to to going on tour with, yeah. with Mumford & Sons printing posters and getting paid to, you know, print and hang out, travel, camp. It ruled. Yeah. To live in the dream there. That's awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. Awesome. So are you still printing posters for them or still in touch with they're not on tour right now, I guess? They're, no, they're not on tour right now, but still printing posters for them. Uh, I haven't printed for them since December. Mm-hmm. Uh, I printed a bunch of drum heads, like used, used drum heads from their shows. And I would print like their logo on it really big with a, like a nice gloss enamel ink from NASDAQ. And uh, that ink is so toxic because you have to mix a, you have to mix like a, a paint thinner into it to get yeah. a good consistency to get it through the screen. You have to print fast so it doesn't dry, dry up in your screen really quick. Um, I had to make kind of like these circular, like cardboard cutout jigs to go under the drum head so when you put the screen on top of it it's not smashing the drum head down and you get like a nice flat print on it yeah and they were all different size drum heads i mean it was drum heads from every every drum so that's kind of like one of the random projects that you get asked to do where you're like yeah yeah i could yeah let's do it i could do it yeah yeah and i've, I've done it before i printed on drum heads before but never correctly <laughs> I, I, I used just like a regular speedball acrylic on a drum head without bracing the the cardboard, you know, under it. It, yeah, yeah. it just looked terrible. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing one, Ralph. So you had said earlier on when we were chatting that you had a couple of stories to share about a couple of rad projects you were part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Mumford & Sons touring during the summer, that's got to be one. Um, I don't know how you're going to top that, but uh, what else you got there, Ralph? So this one this one came of over quarantine, and I feel like I've really like found my niche market right now. 
uh, <clears throat> so during quarantine, when it started, I was printing silly shirts and you know dumb beer koozies and stuff. Uh, yeah. Since the gig poster work fell off, I had to you know make make some income. <clears throat> so I was making koozies that said like wash your hands you filthy animals uh i've been practicing social distancing my entire life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i made a shirt with i'm sure you've seen this clickbait email or text message where it looks like it's an important piece of news and you click on it and it's a giant man naked sitting on the edge of his bed <laughs> i have not seen that <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was going around for a while <laughs> oh man so they got the the guy's name was wood that was, that's just what he went by wood and <laughs> and and he was very well endowed i imagine with the name wood you gotta yeah. be so you click on this thing and you're like Oh, hey, there, there you are, you know? <laughs> By God, he's a tripod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so I, I found a nice high-res picture of him. <clears throat> I clipped out his head in Photoshop, made a T-shirt with his face on it, and it said, don't be a huge dick. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, you get to just take this artwork and because you got the print equipment, just create whatever the hell you want and just oh, like, yeah. start producing stuff. <laughs> so, I, so I put this shirt out. It, it went over really well. Well, the very next day, uh, someone tagged me on a post for the comedian, Tom Segura. Yeah. And, I, and uh, he put out a shirt that was like almost the exact same thing. But it didn't say, don't be a huge dick. It, it said, wash your hands. And I was I was a little bummed. You know, I was like, oh, man, <clears throat> this is like the exact same shirt. And I kind of called him out on it on Instagram in the stories. And I was like, hey, check, check this one out. You know, I, mean, I made this thing first. Uh, he wrote me a super long apologetic DM. You know, like, I'm sorry, I didn't see yours. This is, you know, just a weird happenstance that we did almost the exact same thing. And and I see that you're a printer. Would you be into making some merch for me? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to make merch for you. And he was like, all right, I have a special coming out on Netflix uh, next week. He's like, watch the special, make some koozies uh, based off of the special. I'll check them out, you know, and hopefully we can work together. So the next week I watch a special. It's hilarious. Also, it's called Ball, Ball Hog on Netflix. Okay. Uh, so I picked out a couple of his jokes and just put one-liners on koozies and Cooper Black. And, and he's crushing it. I've been printing these koozies for him for the last like almost six months now we've been working together yeah and uh <clears throat> and it's been awesome because i i think he's hilarious uh i love that he seems you know like a super genuinely nice dude he's a mm-hmm. we get to work together so one night i'm laying in bed it's like 11 30 at night and i get an email from him and he's like I want to make a t-shirt graphic 
for uh, something from one of my uh, one of my podcasts, and uh, and I wrote him back, and I was like. I was like, yeah, totally. I was like, I have the time for it right now. Uh, and I was like, by the way, your your koozies just surpassed my all-time, you know, best-selling koozie. And mine is, remember when RoboCop shot that dude in the dick? That was, that's my all-time <laughs> best-selling koozie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and. Uh, and the koozie I made for him was one of his jokes that said, your problems make my dick soft and I'm trying to stay hard out here. <laughs> so he, re- he replies to the email when I tell him that, you know, I was like, people love dick jokes, man. And I was like, I was like, your dick joke koozie just outsold my dick joke koozie. <laughs> and he replied and he was like, yeah, people love dick jokes, man. Speaking of dick jokes, here's my idea for my new shirt. <laughs> and it was, about, about this guy this guy masturbating on a webcam <laughs> and and I'm laughing to myself reading the the job description you know from from my client the creative my, brief from the client the creative, it was by far the best creative brief I've ever gotten yeah. <clears throat> and my wife is like what are you doing what are you laughing at and I was like Oh, I was like, I, I think I really found my market right now. I was like, this is what I was born to do. Make, make these dumb goozies. And uh, and he went into like full detail of the video. He's like, all right, you can't you can't see who, who the other person is on the other end because the camera's pointed at this guy. And he says, Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And I was like, oh, this sounds funny. And then the next line said He's referring to the, to the man's giant load, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" I was oh, like, "I love my brief. This is right up my alley." <laughs> he's, he's, so when he says, "Don't be stingy," he's talking about the amount of love he's trying to show the guy on the camera. <laughs> oh man! And then uh, he was like, "But the thing is with these." raunchy graphics you can't you can't make the graphic raunchy yeah because it's tough for people to wear and the people that are in the know will see it and be like oh yeah i know what that's about that's you know yeah so the design i made i brought up a sketch for and this is the actual thumbnail that i showed them because i told you before i cannot draw very well yeah so it is a smiley face wearing a headset like the one I'm wearing now. Yeah. It's all, uh, I guess we went with this one here that has sweat dripping down its head and just says in Cooper Black, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. <laughs> 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 and then that was uh, ultimately the, the graphic that I made for it. But I went into Illustrator and made like a nice vector smiley face. And yeah, yeah. Ended up using um, the True Grit halftone brushes in Photoshop to give the sweat dripping down, like to, you know, just a little bit of texture, and yeah. use the graphic brushes on the headset to give it a little dimension. So making you know these uh, ridiculous like graphics, I'm still using like 
the good brushes and Photoshop and stuff like that. <laughs> so what I I love this so much because this is take this is such so much contrast. Like you're you're screen printing dick jokes on koozies and shirts and stuff, but you're going into Illustrator and Photoshop and using the nice brushes and the oh, nice yeah. finish, like like legit Illustrator design work on you these po- you items. Polish these, polish gotta, these, <laughs> these, <laughs> these dick jokes. Gotta polish these. <laughs> I love that, man. That's so awesome. Okay. That's an amazing story too. I, I hope uh, Jason Craig gave you a little bit of warning about the stuff that I make before he uh, <laughs> recommended me to your show. He did it, so I'm going to have to give him a shout out. Thanks for sharing. This is awesome. Oh, man. Okay, um, Ralph, i got to start wrapping this up here. This is amazing. Sure. So I want to get into this now, and I'm, you have a really unique perspective on this journey, so I want, I'm excited to hear what you have to offer here. But what advice would um, you give a designer? Just talk about like, a, what's that? Oh man, the advice. Oh, sorry. I got a little time lag. Uh, oh no, it's all good. I was going to yeah. say, what, what advice would you give a designer who is new to print or wanting to get started in print and print design and creating stuff, tangible stuff? <clears throat> I always say that, uh, you know, it, it, it is about doing good work, but it's also about being a nice person and keeping your deadlines that is a huge one yeah so so if you want to get into it i mean you have to do good work so you get noticed but you also have to always be professional yeah i mean even if you're getting emails that say <laughs> you know i want this dick <laughs> joke in a shirt still be professional and nice <laughs> hold your deadline that will turn into more work you never know where you're going to end up you could be driving to Canada to print posters, you know, for a Grammy award-winning band. Yeah. You, you could be printing koozies based off of a, you know, like a really funny comedian's Netflix special. Yeah. But as long as you do your solid work, uh, charge a fair price. Don't, don't rip anyone off. Yeah. Um, that's a huge thing for me too. Like <clears throat> if it's, someone down the street in Philadelphia that wants to print posters, they are getting the same price as Mumford and Sons printing posters. You know, yeah. it's just what the price is. You don't, you don't jack up your price based on how big your client is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that it, it's your price. It's what you think your time is worth and you should charge that to whoever needs it. Yep. So true. Awesome advice. That's really good. And it's, I love that how it's, you know, your, your price is your price. Like just be honest about it to everybody. And that's, that's a really unique perspective because so often you hear about that, right? Where, you know, you're quoting on a big project for a group, you know, you got tons of money in there and, and, you know, it takes some honesty to just be like, yeah, this is my price. Same price as I'd give this guy down the street here. Right. So it takes some honesty in that. Good for you. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, you like, you're working mostly with the management of a, of a client and that management could also represent an up and coming band that doesn't have a huge budget and they already know what your price is going to be. So they offer you that work. That's cool. Yeah. It opens doors, man. Print opens doors. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So Ralph, I want to wrap this up with what I call the ask the audience question. So I've got this social media audience of graphic designers, people excited about print and learning more about print. Um, 
you have an opportunity here to ask them a question. It doesn't have to be print related or design related, but what would you want to ask this community of designers? Uh, I thought about this earlier and I'd like to ask what, what their bucket list client or band would be to work for. Cool. Because I have a short list of bands I would love to do work for, and I've gotten to cross a couple of them off. I've also, I've never gotten to do a Godspeed You Black Emperor poster. Um, trying to think of other. I haven't gotten to do a uh, Orville Peck poster yet. So, you know, there's still still clients out there I want to do work for. I want to yeah. print dumb koozies for uh, Bert Kreishner, the, the comedian, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I just keep a, a short list in my head of people I want to work for and try to reach out to them here and there, you know, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get replies. Sometimes <laughs> it goes left uh, unseen, you know, yeah. in the DMs. But yeah, you got to put yourself out there. For sure. And uh, ex exercise your referrals, man. If you got a, if you got a good in with Tom, Tom's in that game. He'll know, he'll know some contacts. He'll know some people. Yeah, you know, you're doing great work for him. You're giving him honest pricing, um, you know, reaching out to him and saying, Hey, could you introduce me to this guy or introduce me to that guy? That would be wicked. Yeah, exactly. All I can do is say no. Yeah, totally. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Ralph, this has been awesome. I did not know what to expect from this conversation, but I am so glad we had it. Yeah, this so really glad we were able to connect, man, and, and sort of geek out about print and hear some of your stories. I really hope to one day be able to sit down and have a beer with you and actually that'd, dive into some of these. That'd be excellent. Definitely. All right. All right. That's the end of today's episode, everybody. I told you, Pink Bike Ralph knows how to tell a story. What uh, just so much fun in this episode, so much laughter and um, and print related, which I love, love the tie in. Um, thanks so much for listening in, everyone. Go check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting photos of some of this work shortly here. And also head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening and leave a rating and a review for the print design podcast. You know how those make me smile. Thanks. We'll see you next week.